Welcome to the Tomination Time podcast. I normally stream diet and fitness on Twitch with my waifu Helen. These podcasts will be edited portions of the stream. We'll go over diet, fitness, motivation, ergonomics, and more. Don't forget to follow us on twitch.tv slash Tomination Time and leave your notifications on for when we go live. We have an interview today. Our guest is Hexor. He, um, Hexor Marhet, uh, if you could please say it, I have a hard time past the Hexor part. Hexor Marhet Bar. Uh, just, you know, Hexor, Hexor is fine. You don't have to say the second name. It's kind okay. of, um, it's kind of like my, the, the last name. It's, that's kind of how I got it is, uh, yeah. back in Star Wars Galaxies, I think is, you know, required a surname and I kind of came up with it at that time. So, yeah. So Hexor is a veteran. He is a streamer and, what did you want to talk about today? Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different things. Um, you know, I know that you had some some back pain and stuff like that that you managed to get through, and I've read a little bit about that. Um, I have three bulging discs in my neck, C5, 6, and 7. Um, that caused me, after getting out of the Army, I've been fighting trying to get that better. Um, you know, I didn't want to do surgery. I've tried doing all kinds of different, um, you know, medications to help um has anything been helping nothing nothing that um nothing's really been helping the only thing honestly that's like even remotely helped before i had the nerve ablation recently was um cbd uh cbd helped a little bit um helped take the edge off and it really actually helped me sleep more more than anything else and and what caused the disc bulges again was it trauma um, I believe it, it got linked back to when I was on my first deployment. Um, you know, we were going on a, uh, a QRF mission, a quick reaction force mission. We were trying to, um, you know, go rescue another unit that was in trouble. Um, in the process, we were driving in blackout, meaning we had no lights on. And like, it was like two o'clock in the morning. You couldn't see anything. Um, I wasn't with my my original team. I got put into another team as a, um, things were just changing up. Anyway, the driver that I was with, uh, we were driving about 40 miles an hour in blackout drive with NVGs and stuff like that. And I'm the gunner in that, in that situation. Um, he hit a, a, an old IED hole. Um, mm. And basically my entire weapon system came up out of the truck, landed on me, um, which was a Mark, Mark 19. Um, so it's not like a light weapon. And then I basically fell into the Humvee against the, um, the radio mounts and everything like that. So it was not, it was not a fun situation to be in. Um, and that's where I think yeah. I link all my neck issues back to um so it all started so pretty much then right yeah i think that's where a, a majority of my, my issues um started with on that um you know and then can, like can I, I had two more deployments go ahead can i uh i want to look at something do you mind just as without changing anything try to just cautiously maintain the same posture you have right now do you mind turning 90 degrees and i, I want to see how you look from the side yeah <sighs> i see you want to stand okay. up um no no that's fine because i want to because you're sitting all day right i, I just i just want to take a quick look at anything if anything obvious stood out to me about the posture problems i do ergonomic reviews too i'd be happy to do an ergonomic review for you as well uh because you i don't know if that's going to fix any of your issues but perhaps it could help a little bit so um exclamation mark ergo for those who are curious and we could talk about this afterward but basically if i get some pictures and video of your setup I could try to make sure at least we're doing whatever we can for your neck to make sure it's in the best possible posture and the ergonomics are the best it can be for it. Nothing is obviously standing out to me right now, but uh, we can keep going. For sure. I would actually really like that because 
um, in the process of doing the duplex, we're going to be getting, you know, we're going to be upgrading some um, some things, including the chair. This chair here is not, um, it was way more comfortable than the last chair I had, but it's still not, uh, it's not the greatest yeah. after a few hours, you know. Gaming chairs are, are pretty awful. There's, um, <coughs> there's pretty much every single gaming chair is just awful for posture. And I am hashtag sponsored. I do have LF gaming chair over there which I think is the only ergonomic gaming chair. They are pretty expensive, exclamation mark, LF Gaming. I have some videos on that where I talk about them. We can talk offline about it. The cool thing is though, they do logos, custom logos. So um, you can get that on there, but we could talk about that afterward. For sure, so, um, that's that's uh, yeah. actually a cool, cool idea. So let's let's get, let's keep going. What else uh, do you wanna talk about today? Um, you know, I, you know, I, I've been struggling with trying to get the weight off. Um, you know, I'm at 285. Um, I was at 290 about, well, actually I was closer to 300 about this time last year. Um, I met with a couple of buddies and then, you know, you know, I met on Twitch, which has been fantastic. Um, and we kind of came up with a, uh, we, we had at one point a competition between, you know, three of us to, you know, last year's TwitchCon, um, you know, who was going to lose the most amount of weight. Unfortunately, um, that never actually, the competition kind of ended because, um, one of my buddies lost a job and then he kind of like, uh, he had a back out and then the other person backed out as well. And so mm -hmm. like, I stopped following my goals because it was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a competitive person. Like it's for me, I like having other people to, um, you know, compete mm -hmm. against. So that kind of helps drive my motivation in and stuff like that. Um, I dropped down from 390 or I'm sorry, 298 to, um, like 260, I think was the lowest weight I dropped down to. Um, and then when I got back from TwitchCon it, or I went to TwitchCon, I, I just kind of like lost the motivation to continue going. Um, basically what I did um, at that time, I was still, you know, suffering with a lot of my pain. Um, I, I basically was watching how many calories I was eating. I was eating mm -hmm. between, you know, 1500 to 2000 a day. Um, I think my, my BMR was about 2300, 2400. Um, and I think with, very little activity. It was like 2,600 or something like that. Mm -hmm. or, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so I, I just been kind of trying to like struggle with how to stay motivated mm -hmm. um, and set the specific goals for myself, not just, you know, in, in the competition environment, you know, maybe I can <clears> do something more competitive with myself. I don't, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Uh, this, is, this is fantastic. I want to talk about all these things. Uh, first of all, what's your height? If you don't mind me asking. 5'11". 511 the 285 pounds 511 um and before i forget your injury i think we talked about it before but i'll talk about it here your uh neck injury c5 6 c6 c7 bulging discs um what exercises or activities does that impact you on everything i mean i i w at one point in time it, it was at before I did my nerve ablation, which was just about a, a little bit a month ago or so, mm -hmm. um, I was at a pain level of, you know, eight on a good day, um, you know, and it would be like consistent. I would wake up. I wouldn't even want to get out of bed on most days. Um, I forced myself to get out um, and do stuff. But then, like, I would get flare ups to the point where I was almost in tears um, from the mm -hmm. amount of pain I was in. I couldn't yeah. really turn my head left or right without causing myself. If I went too far, I'd start getting a, uh, a cervical migraine. Um, wow. And so like they put me on these migraine pills and stuff like that. And like all the med all the medicines that I, like that I was trying to take to help 
certain things were affecting other things. Um, it was affecting my, you know, my life and, you know, between me and my wife, my kid, um, the amount of stuff that I could do around the house, daily chores, all that stuff was just so badly affected that like, you know, it was, it was hard to even just sit, sit down and, you know, even do normal stuff that I enjoyed. It, was, it just took my enjoyment out of life significantly. Yeah. It was like basically 24 seven pain. You said there wasn't, yes. a, there wasn't a, po a position where things would get better. Right? No, I mean, I, you know, it's either like, is there sleep. sucks or it gets worse, right? Yeah. Is there painful yeah, exactly. or a lot more pain? Yeah. Yeah, man, that sucks. I really hope the surgery, the nerve ablation helps, man. Cause that's, that is fucking rough. I've been there to some degree with the, the nerve pain, like sciatic nerve entrapment for me in my uh, right butt cheek, where it was like so painful. Sometimes I wanted to just black out because that would be less painful than dealing with the, the sensation I was, I was going through. Um, I, this may not apply to you as much, but I highly recommend this book by Dr. Stuart McGill, Back Mechanic. Um, I'll, I'll give you the show notes later, but I mean, if you want to write it down, okay. go for it. But Back Mechanic, Dr. Stuart McGill has a very good approach where he looks at like helping people identify the source of their problem and identifying pain-free postures and desensitizing the nerves through like basically very, very slow rehabilitation. Uh, I really like his approach because his approach is basically what I had to do. And I learned the hard way in my twenties when I was trying to overcome my, my, uh, the static nerve entrapment that I had. So whether or not it'll help you, I'm not sure. But in my experience, he approached things. He approaches things in the ways that I had to do in order to actually overcome all these problems that I had. So I, I cannot recommend his book enough. Um, <clears throat> that being said, in terms of actual exercises you can and can't do, um, like what are some things that you can't do? Like, can you walk? Can you jump rope? Can you go for a jog? Can you do push-ups? All these types of things. See, like now that I had the nerve ablation, my pain has significantly dropped, um, which has been good. This is the only thing that I've actually done that's been, um, that's really helped me. Um, and basically for those that don't know what a nerve ablation is, is um, they basically stick a needle in, um, in my neck at the C5, 6, and 7 nerves on both my left and right side. And they numbed it up at first um, to do a test. And then after that, they basically go back in and, and burn them out and they actually kill the nerves. Uh, those nerves will grow back between any, anywhere between six months to two years. So eventually I will either um, have even more pain or I'll be in the same amount of pain that I was or I won't have any pain at all. They just won't know. Um, it just depends. So during the time that I'm, you know, during, during this time now that I'm not in as much pain, I'm at like more of a manageable pain level of like three or four versus the, you know, nine, 10, <laughs> where I can yeah. even get out of bed. Um, and right. I'm able to actually do more stuff now. So I'm trying to slowly get back into, you know, some kind of exercise or some kind of routine. Um, you know, I'm, I've brought my stream down to basically only Mondays and Tuesdays right now while I'm renovating the house. Uh, as I was talking about earlier, we just couldn't find a contractor that was, you know, that was actually um, reliable, I guess. Um, yeah, it's so, so hard, now, man. <laughs> without, without spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in, in money that they're, you know, that we're just throwing away basically. So we, me and my wife decided we're going to go ahead and, um, take a little bit of break. We're, and now that I'm not as much pain, I'm able to help out a little bit more. We're trying to get everything done ourselves. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at there. And hopefully once I get the, um, that set up, I want to create a home gym in one of the garages and be able to, um, you know, do some workouts from home 
and not have to worry about you know going to the the ymca here or the gym i live in a um i live out in olympia washington which is a nice area but some of the gyms here are just so busy um that like you're fighting people it doesn't really matter what time of the day you go um, oh wow for machines and it's um mm-hmm. so yeah it's just it's hard for me to to go in there um and especially since i'm a little bit slower you get a lot of other people that are like um you know kind mm-hmm. of it's it's actually it's also hurting me mentally when i'm watching some you know people that are older than me just like decimate the gym and i'm sitting <laughs> here like i'm struggling you know and in pain and and so it's like i think having an environment at my house will help me um stay focused yeah and, and get some some stuff done so i have a question for you uh i i heard earlier you were mentioning that you're competitive you feel like you do well when you're competing yourself against your friends um right but when you're by yourself, that, that doesn't carry over as much. At the home gym, do you see that being a problem? You know, I thought about that as well. Um, but with that, with that said, I'm hoping to try and instill maybe a little bit of um, exercise during, during my streams um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that too, because I'll have that on the stream side. Um, so I'm going to hopefully try and get into some of that kind of stuff. Um, that way I can help you know, my community can help me, you know, push me forward to, to doing that as well. Um, yeah. and maybe set some specific goals, um, on that aspect. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure we're not, uh, you know, I don't know hundred percent if that's, if it's going to be the right thing or not. Right. I have a question for you, Hexor. You seem like a guy who's, who's pretty disciplined. I feel like you're a guy who's able to get stuff done. Right. Fair. Um, right. um, I, I, I got a feeling you probably weren't driven with that competitive edge to get everything done in your life what are some times in your life where you didn't use that competitive edge to drive you forward but you were still disciplined and you still got stuff done does that question Mm. make sense yeah i think so um you know i it's hard to it's hard to say putting any specific event I'm, i'm thinking back in the time when i was in the army um you know i I always had those rivals that were in my, you know, in my platoon that were, you know, I'd always compete against to mm-hmm. to get promoted faster, to get, you know, the first one to be promoted, to be, you know, like all that stuff too. So I, I feel like I've used competition in my life for everything for most part. Um, I don't know, <laughs> probably not the hundred percent the case, but, um, when do you think that started? When did you start becoming competitive? Um, Counter-Strike <laughs> back in so, Counter-Strike 1.0 days. Yeah, yeah, high school probably. Yeah. But I'm sure before, before that, were you ever competitive about things? Soccer. Yeah, probably even before that. Um, I used to play soccer when I was a kid. Um, I was on a competitive team, undefeated for five years. So uh, I, I think I've just always been a competitive Why? <laughs> so before that soccer team, though, were you as competitive? I, I couldn't even tell you. I played soccer um, back in, I don't know, third grade. Yeah. So my concern is for motivation, using that competitive edge is, is fine. Like There's some good to it. There's some bad to it. Um, I, I'm worried that, it, I, you know, like what I wonder is, is this the only thing that can drive you forward to be disciplined? And I, I'm not, I'm not hearing a lot of anything else. Are there other things that you have done in your life in a non-competitive state where you're able to like 
you know, persevere and get things done and, and be very, um, what's the word, uh, productive? Um, I, I'm trying to think back and, you know, like, I, I'm, like I said, I'm a competitive guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's, which we can use that to our advantage and we're, we're going to work off of that. Like I'm going to take that and we're going to build off of that in a second. Um, but long-term, I think this is like, if you're, I think you're a guy about improvement, right? Of course you are competitive. Right. You want to get fucking better. Right. And I think a huge part as a guy, I also was very competitive for a very long time. And this is something that actually, as we're discussing, I should probably do some self-reflection on this too. Uh, it's very important. I think to think about when did this start? Where did it come from? Why do you feel driven to do this? And I think Dr. K from Healthy Gamer GG, exclamation mark DRK in the chat, he's a very good resource where he helps uh, make, he mel helps make the distinction between ego versus confidence in terms of what drives us to do things. Where our ego isn't necessarily inherently a bad thing, but it's usually like other people's perceptions of us kind of drives that ego and drives us to make decisions. Like being perceived well by other people, such as in a competitive state, will drive us to start taking actions, good or bad actions. It could be things like you start trying to put the other person down and attack them, it could drive you to like try to show off and become better, those types of things. Versus confidence, you just know you're fucking fantastic and you don't really care what other people think. Um, those types of distinctions, I think that's, that's, that's a very powerful thing to think about in terms of just motivation. And, and long-term, sustainable motivation because staying competitive like that i think it has its uses but it certainly has its potential for burnout for injury for just if you don't even have a target to aim for right like if you were to do a hundred meter sprint i can almost guarantee you would do much better in a hundred meter sprint versus a couple of people ver instead of just a hundred meter sprint by yourself right like 100 percent again you would push guarantee. way fucking harder in that 100 meter sprint where you had people on your left and right. And I'm saying long term, this is something worth looking into, trying to get you to perform just as well, regardless if there's people to your left and right versus you're running your own race. This is something I and, want you to think about. Go ahead. And, you know, I think I think it's also important to say I don't necessarily need um, somebody there physically right next to me. It's more or less trying to maybe find the right um you know people to help um you know be in com in competition with in this in this factor um you know and like ob obesity um runs in my family i mean it's mm. it's you know even even when i was active um in the army and i was running a lot and stuff like that i still was borderline on the edge of um you know my body weight limits for in the army and stuff like that so it's 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 not like i i um yeah, I don't know. It's it's I'm, I'm fighting that too, and I, I don't want to be in that mindset of like I can't, I can't, I'm not going to win because I know that's not the case. I know I can drop the weight. I know I can do it. I just need to. It's I'm having issues being motivated to, and I'm trying to utilize my kid um, as a resource to try and stay motivated because you know with with that said, obesity runs in my family as well as you know heart disease, heart attack stroke yeah all yeah. that stuff and i don't want i don't want to be like you know 40 and then have a heart attack and die you know my dad had right. a massive heart attack in his 40s and um you know he he overcame it and he's still alive today but like he's still you know it's still not 100 percent, and no yeah. none of it you know is, is there so 
Um, so, yeah, Hexer, so just, we're, we're going to take that competitive side. Okay. We're going to put a pin on it because I, I definitely will help you find ways to make this work. Like I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you tools to leverage that competitive side for motivation. But before we do that, I want to first dig a little bit deeper here. You mentioned your child. Uh, how, how old is your kid? Um, he just turned three. Oh, dude, I, I have a three-year-old also. Uh, a three-year-old daughter, two-year-old son. Um, awesome. Hexer, what do, you, what do you care about in life? Like, what do you really value? Family. <laughs> family. family. Family and friends. What I'm hearing is from you, you want to be around there for them, right? Oh, for sure. What, would you, what do you consider your, your duty or your responsibility to those around you? Um, you know, I, for, for the longest time when I was in the Army, um, you know, I was there supporting my wife. Um, and now it's kind of been the opposite. She's been there supporting me. Um, and she's been kind of the one um, doing everything while, you know, she's, she's the one who told me, hey, take the time off. Um, I got, you know, I got out of the army, used my GI bill, got my, my degree, started a job, but then I started progressively getting worse at that point with my neck. And then I've been spending the last, I don't know, year and a half to two years trying to, um, fight the VA system, trying to get through there. And finally, in the last year, I've been actually making more progress than I have in the past five years of being out, um, with the VA, with the, uh, veterans choice program, seeing civilian doctors, um, and so like now I'm trying to get back into the mindset of, okay, well, now that I'm starting to get better, now I can provide more back into the family side of things instead of just, um, I'm not gonna lie, being a couch potato, I guess. <laughs> so. I, I'm not hearing uh, values there though. I, I'm hearing like, right. you know, plans and hopes. I, I, I wanna hear more about like, what do you feel like is your, your duty or your responsibility to your family, for example? Um, set a good example for my son, um, be there for, for them when they need me the most. Um, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, that, that duty and responsibility to your son I, as a father, also of a three-year-old, I feel like it's probably pretty strong in you, right? Like you're able to overcome some stuff for your son. You're able to put right. aside your personal needs, right? Yeah, so, I mean, good. Yeah, I mean, like, I want to be, you know, it's, it's been, as you know, with having two kids yourself, I mean, it's, it, it was a life changing experience. Um, you know, and it, it kind of goes into like a, a really hard part in, the, in our life, because um, that's kind of a whole nother story. I don't necessarily want to digress mm -hmm. into that. But, um, you know, we had the we, we found out my wife was pregnant, like shortly after mm -hmm. her father passed away. Um, unexpectedly. So that's kind of where the dark side comes in. But uh, that's, that's a long story really short. Um, you know, and then we, we moved out here to where my family is to, um, you know, raise my kid with family um, around him as well, because I, I really appreciated having family around when I grew up, and I want to be there for my son um, to be able to set him in the right, um, you know, the right example for him, I want to be there for him when he needs it. Um, you know, I want to be there for my family when, when they need it as well. So, so Hexer, let's, let's, I, I want to do like a, a mental image exercise. Imagine okay. it, five years from now, 10 years from now, if you did everything wrong, what would your life look like? If I did everything wrong in five years from now, especially, for, for five, especially five. focusing on, uh, the diet, fitness, health stuff, five years from now, if you did everything wrong for the next five years next 10 years, what would that look like? 
Um, if I went for the next five years of doing the same the same route, um, when I got out of the army about five years ago, now I've, I've gained about forty pounds, fifty pounds since then. So if I'm on the same <laughs> same level as that, then if I did everything wrong, I'd guess I'd be even heavier than that. So um, yeah, if I, if I did everything wrong, I would probably be uh, what three fifty by mm-hmm. then, and, and that then would be terrible. 10, 20 years from now. I probably wouldn't even be alive. I'd probably have a heart attack or a stroke or something along those lines. Let's contrast that now with if you did everything right for the next 5, 10, 20 years, what would your mm-hmm. life look like? Um, I would be the number two streamer with you being number one right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, I would... You know, I, I definitely would want to be, I, I think I want to get back down to that, that 220 weight range, the, mm-hmm. you know, 200 to 240 range, I guess, right there. I, I think I'd be happy with, um, you know, I don't necessarily want to be a, you know, a, a, a muscle builder or, or, you know, bodybuilder or anything like that. Um, I just, I want to be back at a healthy, healthy rate. I want to be able yeah. to um, coach my son in soccer or basketball or football, whatever he wants to play. I want to be there for him in his sports games. I want to be able to participate and help do that. Whereas like right now, if I, if I went to go run a, a lap around a, a field, I'd probably, you know, I'd probably yeah. uh, be huffing and puffing quite a bit. <laughs> so um, for the motivation, you're asking for motivation. I think a much more powerful motivation is going to be if you can link that you've done everything right image to your family, to your son, to your wife, if you can link what that future looks like with the everyday actions you're taking today of pay attention to your food, exercising, reducing calories, all that kind of stuff, I think that's going to be the the motivation that's going to outperform the competitive stuff. How are you feeling right, right now? You're, are you thinking something uh, or good. feeling something? You know, I'm, I'm thinking, um, you know, that it kind of brings the other idea of, you know, the meal prep you said, you know, or, you know, what, you know, the calorie intakes and stuff like that. I think that's where, um, you know, I, I struggle with is, is that side of things. Um, I know you have your whole meal prep side yeah. on, on your website. I think trying to get me to get back into um, a calorie deficit instead of more of a sustain because you know, I, when I was counting my calories and really watching, it was very, very hard. Um, you know, but I, I stuck to it. Um, just, just mentally. I mean, at the time I was, when I, when I did it last time, I was still in the the massive amount of pain that I was. Mm. And I want to try and get back into that now that I'm not as much pain. Hopefully it will be a little bit a smoother transition. But the yeah. first two weeks I get, I get hangry. I get super, super mm. hangry. So it's very, um, I get very short. And especially when I had that and, aggravated even more by pain it just made yeah. it oh um, dude, for sure i can harder. imagine like very few people understand the kind of pain that we've that we go through when we're having an entrapped nerve if you've never experienced like an entrapped nerve pain is one of the worst fucking pains in the world man it's just like I, I i got really irritable and angry too like everything was wrong it was everyone's fault and my fault all at the same time i was just so pissed off when i was going through those that blackout pain experience um, all that being said, for the the food, the tracking, um, the hangry stuff, yeah, man, I, I totally feel you on that. The first time that you cut calories, like the first seven days is often some, sometimes the roughest because like you got to deal with the hangry and your body adjusting. Um, tell me about your meal timing and the meals that you're eating before when you're getting that hangry feeling. Um, you know, if if I don't eat, 
If I don't have protein, I would say, um, let's say I wake up, have a bowl of cereal. That's like the worst thing I can possibly do. Yeah. Um, and I, I do it on a consistent basis. Why? Because it's easy and it tastes good, but <laughs> it's, it's one of the worst things I can do because it doesn't, uh, unless it's like, you know, the special K with protein or something like that, you know, it's, uh, it's hard. If I, if I see, if I open up my cabinet and I see, um, fruit loops, or if I see, you know, the, the cocoa puffs or whatever the case is, and I have that for the kid, uh, I look at that and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I can't. I can't not eat that because I want it, you know, mm, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. so, it's so mentally challenging. You know, I just, I love food. Um, and I, like we all do, um, I just love it that much more. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that's, it's, it's hard for me. Uh, when I, when I started doing it, basically the calorie counting, I was, um, in the very beginning in the morning, I would have a protein shake. Um, mm-hmm. and I would have about, it would be about 200. It was like a lean protein um, from GNC. Um, I also had a, um, like a, I can't remember the name of it now. It was like a, uh, it had a lot of fiber in it. Basically mm-hmm. a, it was another meal supplement I would add in with the protein to help me. Um, it was like a hunger management. Um, yeah. that would get me until about like 11, 12 for noon. And then for lunch, I was having like a, a cup of Campbell's soup. Um, whether it was chicken noodle soup or tomato soup, something, something small in the calories. And then at nighttime, I would just, you know, I would just go all out. It would just be whatever I, I wanted for dinner, as long as it didn't exceed, you know, a thousand calories, yeah. basically between breakfast and, and lunch, I would have between 500 to, you know, 700 calories. And then my, my meal at night would be about a thousand to 1200, depending on how much I had in the morning. So, so tell me about when you're feeling hangry, like what, during that time, when were you the most hangry throughout the day? Um, I, I would say probably right around, um, I think, right before lunch and probably right before dinner. Okay. I would get, I would get the worst. Yeah. Um, I, two things come to mind for strategies to help you. One is uh, intermittent fasting may benefit you. The other thing is uh, choosing better calorie light foods to make you feel more full off less calories. We can go both those routes, but um, let me ask first about your, uh, a couple other quick questions. These don't need to be long answers, but do you want to be eating with your family for the meals? Like you don't want to be just sitting there staring, but you want to be actually consuming food with them? Um, you know, at dinner time, I like that. Um, yeah. Nece- not necessarily for, you know, breakfast and dinner would be great, but you know, it's not all always possible for that. So if I can at least have one meal with the family, that yeah. being dinner is is the best one in my opinion. Um, okay, you know when I'm streaming, um, on you know in the morning, you know generally I'll take a quick break at lunchtime, or actually I cut my my streams off at noon now. But when I was full time, um, I would, you know, take a, a short break at lunchtime and go, you know, um, yeah, you know, have and, have a, a short lunch. Um, for. If you are, have you tried skipping breakfast, basically intermittent fasting? If I skip breakfast, um, I start, honestly, I, I start having, you know, my hands start shaking. Um, I start how, how many days in a row have you tried that though? Not very long. I get super hangry in my <clears throat> yeah. wife. Uh. So, so the, the, the thing about intermittent fasting, it may not be for you, but the thing about it is like something like skipping breakfast you have to hang in there for the first seven days until you get over this hump and then your body adapts to 
basically being skipping that meal and being a little bit lower blood sugar for that initial morning period. Uh, it's going to be hell for the first three to seven days if you decide to go this route. The reason why I'm thinking this is because your breakfast and lunch is so small that you're getting hangry and almost teasing your body with like little light meals and you're teasing it and it's just wanting more. It may be better to just cut out one of those meals and push the calories into a more satisfying lunch. Possibly. It doesn't mean it's the right answer right. for you, but this is something to think about. If you do try it, you have to stick with it for at least seven days. If after seven what? days and you feel like you still feel like shit, you're starving out of your mind, you get the shakes. Yeah, it's probably not for you. Uh, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, would it be any different than, you know, if I skipped lunch instead of breakfast and did the intermittent fasting during lunch period? No, it's, and have it's, like it's maybe the same. A, a bigger breakfast. Same thing. Yeah, because that might be I might be able to do that versus the breakfasting because I'm, I'm worried about like, you know, my I might be able to do that right now while I'm um, in the morning for when I'm doing a duplex remodel and stuff like that. But when I go back to like a full time schedule of streaming, you know, maybe if it if it kicks in, um, maybe I'm just over worried yeah. about it if it not ever works but uh you know if it, if it kicked in um or if it didn't if, if i didn't kick in and i was having the issue still that affects not only me um but i also i also think about my community when i'm when i get hangry on stream mm. it's very noticeable like i, I you see. know when i'm sitting there playing a game or whatever i'm yeah i'm fps guy you know i lose i start you know getting hangry and i start like yeah. wanting to throw a monitor across the room. Okay. So. <laughs> no, but what you said is, is correct. You could also just do a big breakfast and skip lunch and have a, a dinner. Of course, calorie controlled, right? What we're trying to do is you've already identified you got to reduce calories. And now we're trying to find a strategies that's going to help you do that and make it sustainable so you don't hate life. So a big breakfast. Let's let's talk about that. Let's, let's focus on that. What do it's you think would be a nice calorie light high protein breakfast what 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 can you do what do you think you should do let's talk about that that's a good question um <laughs> and if you have no I, idea just tell me and i'll lead but happy to hear like what you start off with what you think so you know and i i haven't really had a big breakfast like that like that was low calorie because um but i would probably say like maybe if i went into like uh some type of pancake that had what high protein in it, um, you know, like the Kodiak pancakes or something like that. Uh, I tried that recently, and it, it's actually been right better than regular pancakes. I don't know what the calorie differences on that is. Um, I also don't know, um, you know, eggs are great for mm. me. Um, you know, like they they sustain me for a while, but uh, I I know that they're not necessarily the the most calorie friendly either. Um, yeah. Um, how do you feel about cottage cheese? Cottage cheese. Um, not a, not a huge fan, to be honest with you. What have you tried it I with? Mean, nothing. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I used know, to hate I, cottage I, cheese too. I used to hate cottage cheese okay. until one of my roommates showed me like cottage cheese plus jam, just a little bit of jam. We're talking okay. like half a teaspoon. Right. Like and like for like a bowl that's the size of two fists. Right. The volume of this much volume. I can use the cottage right. cheese of the like the tip of my thumb. That amount of I'm sorry, that much jam, the tip of my thumb. That's enough to make it palatable. And man, it's it, it, it does wonders to make cottage cheese uh, good enough to consume. I would really recommend trying cottage cheese or a low fat Greek yogurt with the minimal sweetness that you need to make it go down the hatch. Right. 
So that stuff is very high protein, very slow digesting, especially the cottage cheese. Um, and it's, it's just fucking fantastic to feel really full of very few calories. Um, for cottage cheese, do you know... So dairy is made of two proteins. Do you know what the two proteins are by any chance? No, I do not. The two major proteins are whey and casein. Have you heard of either of those? Yeah, I've heard of whey before. I haven't heard right. of um, casein. Yeah. Whey is the is the main one that you probably hear in the fitness space where people are like, oh, bro, you should consume whey, whey protein, good for muscle building, whey, whey, right. whey, whey. Yeah, show me the whey, right? Whey is fantastic for building muscle. It's very fast digesting. It's, very, it's water soluble. So it dissolves in water super easily, uh, easy to mix, gets, gets into your bloodstream quickly, supplies your muscles with amino acids. Fantastic for post-workout shake. However, it's fast digesting. That's the key part. Casein, on the other hand, is very slow digesting. That one, it just, it gels up in your stomach, similar to fiber, and it just like balls up. And it just like, it just sits there like a lump and it just takes a long time for your stomach to pick it apart. That's the, that's the big difference between whey and casein. Um, it's a fun experiment. If you ever feel like trying this, if you're like the scientific experiment type, um, you can actually see this at home. If you take some milk and you heat it up gently in a saucepan, you add some acid or like a vinegar to it, you'll separate okay. the curds in the whey. Right, the whey and the curds, the casein protein and the whey protein, they'll separate. This is kind of how whey protein and, and casein protein is made. Because what they do is that liquid is the whey. They used to toss that out, but you could actually just drink it. It's disgusting, but <laughs> it's, it's that's the whey protein. And the casein, they turn it to cheese. That's all the stuff that curdles is because the acid makes it curdle. So it, it's interesting stuff. But the point is that thick substance is what um, cheese and casein and, and uh, cottage cheese type uh, foods are. It comes from that, which is basically casein protein. Very thick, very filling. Uh, a comment about the pancakes. I want to ask you, uh, what do you eat your pancakes with? Um, you know, it, it just depends. Um, I try to use the, the least amount of syrup that I can, but I, I yeah. do have. Um, usually, it's going to be um, the pure maple syrup, but I, I put in a very, I try to put in a, a very small amount. Not so that, that really helped. <laughs> yeah. So not great for you. I love, I fucking love pancakes and syrup, waffles and syrup. Dude, that's my jam too. I love that stuff. But as you probably kind of know, it's, it's a bit calorie dense, especially the syrup. Yes, the Kodiak pancakes are quote unquote high protein. Do you, do you know like roughly how much protein there is to carbs? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's, it's almost no fat. It's, it's mostly protein and carbs. Do you know roughly the ratio is like how many grams of protein for how many grams of fat, uh, of uh, carbs? I do not know. If you were to take a guess, just take a guess about how much you think it is. Probably probably a four to one in carbs versus protein. <laughs> That's a good guess. I believe it's actually two to one or a three to one. I can't really exact number, but the point is, there's a lot more carbs than there are than there is protein. Right. So even though it's high, that's not particularly high. Let's look at Greek yogurt, for example. Greek yogurt, zero fat. Do you know roughly how many, uh, what the ratio is from protein to carbs? I would have no idea. Take, take <laughs> a guess. In the take a complete direction. guess. Exactly. Maybe four to one for protein. Yeah. It's, it's uh, about two to one or three to one in the opposite direction. Exactly. So, like, 
that kind of ratio is something I think uh, you should check out because I think that's a fantastic way to put things in perspective about what's really high protein and what's not. The Kodiak pancakes, yeah, they have more protein than a typical pancake, but it's still not much versus like right. cottage cheese, Greek yogurt, that stuff. The number one macro in terms of grams is going to be uh, the protein. So if I were you, if it's sustainable for you, I would just cut out the um I would cut out the the pancakes and syrup altogether. Uh, I'm gonna guess though you probably like the carbs, right? You want some sort of carb in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I it helps. You know, it helps with the sustainability um, of of me moving forward with the energy and all that stuff too. Yeah. Um, without having any of that stuff, I just I feel weak. Um, yeah, for sure. So, good carb replacements for this to to feel more full of less calories. We got two choices: fruit and tubers or potatoes okay we'll start with potatoes really quick potatoes among all the carbs are the most calorie light believe it or not there's something called the satiety index exclamation mark satiety you can see a command will pop up in chat uh, among all the carbs it is the most calorie light and it is the most filling off the most the, the the fewest calories someone else also mentioned oatmeal oatmeal is another great one too actually if you do you enjoy oatmeal you know i do like oatmeal oatmeal is is really good um yeah the, the problem is is i always go <laughs> go for the blueberry oatmeal the flavored ones yeah. and stuff like that too um, uh, one one thought is you could just do the oatmeal again with the minimal amount of sweetness added to it to make it palatable up to right. you i suggest you track these and just compare how full you feel off of whatever you ate for breakfast this kind of step where you just take a minute to acknowledge what you ate and and just sell assess how full do you feel at that moment and also how full do you feel a couple hours later i think that's very powerful for uh paying attention to if this is going to be an effective strategy for you oatmeal can be good it could be kind of hit and miss depending what you add to it but back to the potatoes thing, potatoes, like just plain potatoes, like you bake it, you roast it, you microwave it. I don't care. That could be also a, a very filling carb. Um, fruits. What kind of fruits are enjoyable and accessible to you? Um, you know, I, I don't think there's any fruit that I don't necessarily like. I mean, um, accessibility wise, all, you know, all depends on the time of year for the, the yeah. Out here, out in Washington, there's the uh, Spoonerberry Farms out here that it's probably going to cook up here in another couple of months. And, you know, we buy pallets of of all kinds of different fruit, you know, strawberries, uh, raspberries, blueberries, uh, yeah. blackberries, all of them. Um, you know, and we, we generally just, you know, have feasts on that from time to time, too. So, yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, kind of like right now during the winter time frame, you know, a lot of the fruits, you know, slow down. And um, I definitely eat way more fruit in the summer. When it's all fresh versus uh you know yeah. I, I don't know the, the some of the other fruits in there like just they're just not high and they're just not as good as quality wise so yeah know. so as far as like good choices for calorie light foods high water content high fiber content high protein content obviously we already talked about protein fruits don't really have protein but high water high fiber the the some of the best choices are uh berries like you mentioned they're actually pretty calorie light um oranges Watermelon, those are very high water content foods. Um, bananas are okay too. They're not bad. Uh, just the thing to avoid is dried fruit. Don't get any dried fruit. That stuff is super calorie dense. Fantastic for gaining weight. Not great for, for losing weight. Okay. Um, now, in terms of a breakfast, one of my favorite breakfasts, and I, I would recommend you try this, 
for about 500 calories, if I want to feel super full, I, t- I use this example on stream all the time. Um, I'll have like a bowl, a small bowl of cottage cheese, like about a cup, right? A fist is, a, is roughly a cup uh, with a little bit of jam, just like, you know, maybe a half or a quarter of my thumb worth of jam because uh, I've gotten used to the taste. As someone else mentioned salt and pepper. If you never tried that before, if you like savory flavors, that's a good option too. That's zero calories, salt and pepper with the, um, the cottage cheese. Makes it kind of savory. Try it out. Experiment. But cottage cheese is, okay. is fucking wonderful for just feeling so full off nothing. But anyway, I'll have like a cup of cottage cheese, a little bit of jam, a casein protein shake, like just water, one or two scoops in there, plus eggs, eggs, the egg whites, super calorie light. The egg yolks are a little bit more dense. Egg yolks are like nature's multivitamin. There are so many good B vitamins in there. But if you are trying to lose weight, I would consider cutting out some of the egg yolks. So, so an example would be like do three eggs, but just only only eat one of the yolks and just dump the other two yolks. Uh, you know, kind of get you know a good balance of both. That's a good, that's a great idea. Never really thought about doing it that way. <clears throat> yeah, and if you don't know a trick for uh, a trick for getting rid of the egg yolk, um, for those who don't know, a simple way to, to, to do it is uh, basically over a bowl. You have an empty bowl underneath underneath it, underneath the egg. You crack the egg, and then what you do to uh, separate the yolk is you just dump it back and forth like this, the, the yolk, and then all the egg white just separates and then drips down to the bowl, and eventually it's left with the yolk. You just toss it. So <clears throat> I see my do wife that. do that all the time yeah. <laughs> when she's baking. <laughs> so you just get an egg yolk or two, and then the rest egg whites. Egg whites are extremely calorie light. They are, they're one of the best calorie foods out there. It's just basically pure protein. Uh, cook it however you want. My favorite way to consume that is serve it over a potato. Like I would just microwave a potato or if you have time, bake it, but baking it can take a long time. You just microwave. So if you ever tried this, it's just from a time saving perspective, get a bowl with a potato in it, uh, peel it, whatever you want to do to it, add a little bit of water underneath it and then just microwave it for like eight minutes, 10 minutes. It basically steams it. It's so okay. it's very low effort. And then a potato the size of your fist is about 100 calories. And it's actually surprisingly filling, in my opinion anyway, for that amount of carbs. So like get a small potato, microwave it five, 10 minutes or so, a little bit of water. Sir, I like to serve the eggs over it. Do you like hot sauce? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, hot sauce, Back zero the calories. military times, everything, you know, yeah. open up the MRE. It doesn't have the hot sauce thing in there. I'm going to the next person stealing theirs. Yeah. <laughs> hot sauce uh basically zero calories and it improves palatability so eggs potatoes hot sauce if you don't need the cheese like i I love cheese but like i i try to put very very little or just none eggs potatoes right there that's like 200 calories cottage cheese like another 100 200 calories protein shake like 100 calories five 600 calorie breakfast i am stuffed i am stuffed for like eight hours and it is just so calorie light i don't need to eat i'm actually very productive because i can just skip lunch and i get more stuff done what do you think about all that? No, I, I like that idea. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna definitely gonna have to try it. I never thought about the the potato aspect. Is there any type of? Um, is it like specific to like baking potatoes, or do you, um, you know, yellow potatoes, whatever the case is? is does it matter? It doesn't matter that much. They're all generally calorie light. Um, the, the thing, the thing I would balance is. Uh, Pay attention to just practical stuff like how much does it cost? Do you enjoy the taste? Um, pay attention to does this potato taste so good that I can actually end up eating more? Because like sweet potatoes are fantastic, but sometimes they're so damn delicious that you can end up eating a lot more sweet potatoes. So balance that out. But also they're slower digesting. So the white potatoes, you may not, they're, they're plainer, so you may not eat as much, but they might pass through your system faster to where you can eat again sooner. 
these are these are nitty gritty details that don't really matter that much. I would think about these things. Like, these are very good self assessment thoughts, like questions to ask yourself, like how full do I feel? This is really working for me or not? What do I prefer? Okay, there's no real major solution. Like one type of potato is better than the other. Just pay attention to what do, what can you afford? What do you enjoy? What's practical? Sweet potatoes do not store well. They're not keep well, like in the fridge or the freezer. Like if you cook them and save them, they get like really mushy. Right. Regular white potatoes, they they keep very well. And so that's that's you know you, you got to balance these things for all that stuff. <clears throat> um. Uh, also, the fruit aspect. Throw in a little bit of fruit if you want. Um, fruit is not the best choice out of everything we're discussing, but just for palatability. Uh, for the micronutrition in it, if you want to throw in a little bit of fruit, I would say go for it. Any uh, questions about the breakfast stuff? Um, not necessarily the breakfast stuff. I think that, you know, um, that pushes into the, like the meal prepping things. And, um, yeah. you know, I know you, uh, I'll have to, I'll have to go through your, your website with the meal prep stuff. I, I don't want to have to, I'm sure you, you talk about it a lot. Um, oh, we can talk about it here. Let's, let's so actually talk about I, I that. Think, okay. Cause we, I don't think we've ever done a, uh, meal prep interview and one of the things I want to do with these interviews is separate the content out to make sure we're I try to avoid rehashing the same stuff so we haven't talked about meal prep um, I'm going to show on screen here just really quick uh, some examples of the meal prep stuff these are some of my favorite recipes um, for the calorie lights right if you look at my my website I, I divide it up by calorie density calorie light calorie moderate calorie dense exclamation mark meal prep to see this or tomnationtime.com slash meal prep. Um, let's talk about this. Uh, meal prep. Some of my favorites, Parmesan egg bites, loaded pulled pork, potatoes, kabocha curry, chili plus baked potato, chicken burrito bowls, basil egg McThins, baked bacon chopped with Brussels sprouts. Um, what do you want to talk about for meal prep? Um, you know, I, I, I guess like probably starting out like do you know, would you normally like spend like a couple days on the weekend to do it or a couple days to like hash out for a week or um, how, how what's so you the guys are like complete beginners at this, right? Yeah. How many refrigerators or freezers do you have? Um, well, right now I got, uh, I guess I got the, you know, one regular size refrigerator and then I have an outside freezer. So I do have a, you know, kind of like a deep freezer. Okay. Um, Are you guys like, uh, like already like your freezer space is already super packed and you can't get rid of things to free up space? Not necessarily. We, you know, we rotate, um, stuff out fairly quickly. Um, I keep stuff in the freezer for, you know, it, it's got a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, pre-packaged stuff, like, you know, whether it's like the, uh, the mac and cheese, like from, you know, Costco, the, the, the world, the world's best mac and cheese, which is actually really good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of other things here okay. and there, you know, that are just like, you know, freezer meals here and there for, you know, rainy days, if we're not going to make anything specific. Yeah. Um, so, um, Okay, so for a beginner, how to start meal prepping, what would I recommend for you? You have the freezer space, which is fantastic because the majority of these um, recipes, pretty much all of them freeze very well. The the one that, the ones that don't freeze as well are t tomato-based ones like chili, right? It's based on a tomato sauce. Uh, tomato-based stuff tends to, the texture changes after you freeze it. But if you superheat it again, like you basically recook it, resimmer it, it tends to get the texture back to normal. So do keep that in mind. If you freeze chili or tomato soups, for example, you have to like really heat it back up. Um, right. How to start as a beginner. I suggest for you and your family, 
experiment in very small doses. You're going to waste money because you're going to you're 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 not going to be intelligently using all the ingredients. You're just going to waste money on ingredients because some things are going to go to waste because you just didn't buy in right proportions. That's fine. Try this out to cook maybe five to ten meals of these things, maybe up to 12 or, or 20 at most. See which ones okay. you like. See which ones you can keep eating on multiple days in a row. See which ones freeze well and you're okay with how it thaws, such as the chill, chili and baked potato. Experiment with that. Don't jump in the deep end and start doing the crazy meal preps that I do. After you identify a few recipes of the calorie stuff that you guys like, and it's like easy to cook, you can see yourself doing this. What I recommend is to eventually start mass producing this stuff in the or like on a, on the weekend where you just crank out dozens and dozens of meals, multiple recipes and you freeze them and then you start pulling them out to thaw them to avoid food fatigue, you kind of individually rotate things out. If you guys want to keep things okay. fresh, you could just cook once in a while something fresh like once a week to last for a few days and then you kind of like still rotate in and out these uh um calorie light meals for um meal prepping. So a couple other you know, thoughts. I think that, Go ahead. No, I think that'll be a good idea because, you know, I can implement that into um, once I get my duplex finished out and have that, uh, you know, one side be the streamer side, I'll be able to implement maybe, um, you know, do a cooking stream for meal preps and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to prep out all my stuff and, and go on that route. So I think that'll be that'll be a good idea um, for that. Um, I'm just going to, to me, I think all of those sounded good, but I only think that maybe one of those would be okay with my wife. She's She's very, 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 very picky eater. What is, what is she picky about? Everything. Um, she doesn't like food touching. She's gotten a lot better, but uh, okay. she doesn't like food touching. She normally doesn't like any kind of sauces unless she's made the sauce herself, which probably wouldn't be a problem in this situation. But she's not. She's not a huge fan of the uh, um, a lot of the stuff that you showed. Probably she probably would not eat. Okay. Um, this is. I, I don't want to sound judgmental about this, but does she have an eating disorder? No, no. Go ahead. Does she have an and eating disorder? We, Sorry, I think it's about the same no. time. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> no, she's she's like, uh, I mean, she's what, five, four, five, five, and she's like, you know, 120, 130. Yeah. But I'm not about, I'm not talking about like anorexia, believe me. I'm talking about like uh -huh. being like super picky eaters with like texture type stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's the texture is number one, I think, for her. This is a very delicate situation, but this is this is something to consider if there is a problem, if she should consider like see if there's some like food therapy to help with that, because I'm not trying to say like my food is so amazing. Everybody should love it. But if you are finding that she's ultra picky and it's negatively impacting your guy's life where like either you are not able to eat a diverse amount of foods because diversity is very key for fighting off deficiency in nutrition. Um, if you're not able to eat a diverse uh, 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 set of food or is negatively impacting or like you guys are fighting about it or is negatively impacting your health or goals, this might be worth considering like looking into the mental health aspect to see if there's like food therapies to help uh, help encourage her to, to open up with more food options. This is a, a side note, a tangent. I don't spend too much time right. on that. We'll just we'll bring it back now to the other foods. Um, the meal prepping stuff will get tricky then about getting her on board with this stuff. Uh, this is going to be up to you to figure out what you can and can't do. But um, from these recipes, let's just assume that's not a problem. That's that's not a, a 
a, a big issue here. And let's just let's just roll with this. Go ahead. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be a, an issue because um, she's very supportive, and you know she realizes that you know not everything's for her in terms of food and stuff like that. But yeah, um, you know, for me, is you know we could should should probably help support me and get you know do the meal prepping with me and help me get there. Yeah. And then if I'm the only one eating it, that's fine. Um, yeah, okay. I'm the one Good. who ultimately needs more help obviously losing yeah. you know the weight and calories and stuff like that okay good good so um here is how like i view like my if i may say so myself my master level meal prepping i think once you identify what meals you like a lot of these recipes function very well to shop at costco they're very costco friendly numbers in that costco happens to sell the right proportions for these and so what my weekends look like under normal circumstances, life is not normal right now for us, but normal circumstances, like once a month, we'll dedicate a weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we'll go shop, we'll, we'll pre-plan it out throughout the week. Um, we'll like write up really detailed shopping lists. We'll go to Costco on a Saturday morning, buy everything we need, and then we'll basically prep and cook Saturday and Sunday. It depends how much we're doing, like anywhere between four to eight hours, both Saturday and Sunday to produce one to 200 meals. We have two That's fridges. That's a lot of meals. Oh, yeah. We have two fridges and two freezers, two chest freezers. Chest freezers are, are, as you probably know, are pretty cheap. They're like 180 bucks for like a chest freezer that's seven cubic feet. Or in practical terms, you can put like three bodies in there. But with those chest freezers, um, I'm able to just store tons and tons of, of extra meals. And um, the... Uh, what else did I say for the chest freezer? So what we'll do is like one to 200 meals of like three to six recipes, freeze them. We don't need to cook anymore for the rest of the month, pretty much. And then we just rotate in and out while we're eating. I put on the wrong one. Oops, put on the wrong camera. Um, <clears throat> but uh, that's essentially what we uh, do. And I think you could probably benefit from something like that because a long cooking stream or a long um, block of cooking time works well for streaming. So... Um, meal prepping other general advice i would have for you is uh when you're cooking on that scale no such thing as too much table space folding tables are extremely helpful when you're cooking on that scale um large mixing bowls especially steel ones stainless steel are extremely helpful i have a bunch of those because you just you just need space to put things as you're cooking and large deep skillet pans are extremely helpful as well so for the meal prepping, that's the route I would go. Test, experiment out, see, figure out which recipes you like, except that you're going to kind of waste some ingredients and then start preparing for like the big Costco bulk stuff to make 30, 40, 50 meals at once. Right. That makes sense. Um, what thoughts do you, do you have? Any thoughts or questions on that? You know, I don't I don't I don't know if I have necessarily any any questions per se. Um, I think there's plenty of you know, recipes out there, you know, I've tried doing, you know, I enjoy doing like, uh, I don't know if you're aware of like blue apron or, or mm -hmm. eat fresh or stuff like that. You know, we, we did a lot, a little bit of, um, you know, and we were able to cook those meals, but sometimes it's, it's frustrating, um, cooking those, those meals because it's like, you know, it's an hour process. So like yep. the meal prepping thing might, might help us with that because then I have all these frozen meals already, um, that I just have to thaw out and then cook, you know, we just pull yeah. something out for that day. Um, I just have to, I, I think my, my thing that I'd like to do is find something that, um, both me and the wife would like and have, you know, keep them lower calories. So I'm going to have to kind of to look around with what you have and what 
what else is out there um and i'm sure i can figure something out on that end so um, let's uh, this is a great segue into discovering new meal prep recipes which i'm gonna dive into in a second but i want to touch on the the blue apron thing because first of all i don't know if you heard they're going under they're like completely right. crashing uh right. because I, I also found it to be an unsustainable business model i thought it was kind of crazy like first of all like it kind of sucks to cook like it's it just so much time to cook and clean to cook a single meal there's always going to be like an additional like 30 minutes of prep time another 30 minutes of cleaning time but if you just do all the meals at once you like only clean once which saves so much time uh which is why i think the meal prep is such a beautiful thing for meal prepping um these meals cost like two bucks a meal exclamation mark meal prep uh they're two dollars a meal and it's just they freeze well. They're easy to mass produce, which is why I, I love these uh, meals in particular. I think it's much more sustainable. Now, um, I wanted to talk about uh, how to find recipes. So here is what I would suggest to you, how to find your own meal prep, meal prep recipes that are going to work. I think it's got to, uh, to, to really make it on my list. It's got to freeze well. It's got to be economical. It's got to be easy to mass produce. What does this mean? When you're looking for recipes to meal prep, the things to avoid are sandwich type things. Well, no, no, no. I take that back. Buns or bread usually does not freeze well because when you thaw it, it gets soggy. Right. It's very careful. It's difficult to deal with. I would avoid that. I would avoid things that have too much fruits and vegetables in it because that does not meal prep well. Like salads, certain like dark greens, they, they're fucking disgusting. Spinach, when you thaw it, it's just mush. <laughs> it is so absolutely disgusting. Eat the spinach fresh on the side. Don't meal prep with it, which is something to think about too. It's just stripping out things and eating it fresh. Another thing to think about too is the starches. For meal preps, it is extremely wasteful on freezer space to have the starch prepared with the meal. What I mean is, um, take for example, uh, let's see, let me look at the calorie dense section. Um, take a look at the spicy chicken fettuccine Alfredo calorie dense, delicious, fantastic for gaining weight. Uh, what we do for this recipe is we actually craft the sauce with the chicken, all that stuff, everything is prepared. It's just, there's no pasta noodles. So we basically thought the sauce is ready to go. We just reheat it in a saucepan and then uh, we cook the noodles fresh. Cause that's, that doesn't take too much space. You can store in that fridge for a couple of days, no big deal. Um, that's about the starch, you separate the starch. Like we have some other rice based okay. dishes too. Um, like a lot of Asian stir fry dishes is fantastic to just cook all the stir fry part and leave the rice out. You freeze the stir fry part, cook the rice fresh, and just serve that together. And that saves a ton of freezer space. So I'd be thinking about that too for your meal preps. Um, as you're searching for the recipes, same idea, start on small batches, test out a couple of them to freeze them and then thaw them out and see how they taste because not everything freezes well. And then this is how I kind of discover different recipes. And I have to kind of make tweaks. I have to make tweaks to the proportions to make them Costco friendly numbers and see if it still tastes good. And this is just kind of the experimentation process I, I go through. And I think for you and your wife, I would recommend, like, if you guys can, make it like a date night thing where you guys are just like, oh, let's look at some recipes together and just go through, look at recipes. Try to identify calorie light recipes as well. Go ahead. You're going to say something? No, uh, you know, that's it's it's funny because my, my wife actually loves cooking, so I think she'd be um, really excited about this. I, I like cooking. So if it's just myself I'm cooking for, yeah. um, for just that meal, I think, that's, I think this will actually help me mentally too because if I'm just cooking for myself, uh, I don't want to go and spend 45 minutes cooking. 
So like having it all meal prepped out, it's just, it's super simple for me to, to pull something out of, you know, out of the freezer and, and then reheat it and make it. Yeah. So like if I spend that one day and cook myself, you know, a week's worth of meals to start. And then maybe once I, I know the meals, like you said, and we, we go and, you know, do the, the mass production of it down the road. Um, you know, I think my wife would probably um, enjoy that too, because then it's like, you know, we, we generally cook together a lot anyway, but yeah. um, we've, we've just been getting off of that because it's just been um, the scheduling with everything yeah. at the duplex and trying to re remodel stuff has been, you know, that'll actually be even better for us working at the duplex, having those frozen meals and being able to have them and just, yeah. you know, pull them out, eat them up and, and cook them. So that's probably one of my biggest takeaways so far right now is the meal prepping and, and um, spending one day doing all that. Cause I think that will be, uh, yeah, super time effective. Now, one, one quick thought about the thawing, by the way, the freezing. What I usually do for most of these recipes is I'll pull them out of the freezer and put them in the fridge one day before, and they're usually thawed by then. However, that can be an issue for um, texture, depending on what you're eating. Like, for example, uh, the basil egg McThins are one of the very few that I use for uh, as a sandwich type thing that I freeze. So it's a little bit tricky. What I what, what what works out better sometimes is to just while frozen, you just put a toaster oven or only thought like 12 hours in advance. So it doesn't get mushy too much. And then you toaster oven it as one quick thing I want to mention is just using the um, the fridge to thaw it out one day in advance. So you, you do have to plan a little bit. Some of these are fine to just pull straight out of the freezer and microwave. You'll have to experiment. Right. But that being said, so you and your wife, I think it might benefit a lot for the two of you guys to sit down with either recipe books or just Google for recipes. Um, if you have no idea where to start, just look up calorie light recipes, calorie light meal prep recipes and try to avoid things that are heavy on white sauce. Try. I would suggest try to avoid pastas uh, or if there's going to be a pasta, go for a red sauce based Go for potato okay. dishes, go for um, uh, brown rice type dishes because those tend to be a little bit more the calorie light uh, end. Uh, fish, fish and seafood is great. It's a little bit pricey. I don't know what your price range is, but um, seafood is a fantastic calorie light choice for the most part. Um, and if you go for any cuts of meat, go for the leanest cut. If you're going to go for substitutions, go for fat free substitutions. So like, for example, uh, if something calls for sour cream, go for uh, zero fat Greek yogurt. It's a very okay. easy substitution to make. If something calls for teriyaki sauce, uh, which has a little bit of calories in it, consider doing like a soy sauce instead. It may not work. It may work. But these are the types of substitutions you're looking for. Like what are calorie light substitutions in this recipe? So I'll give you an example. Chicken tikka masala. Do you know what that is, by the way? Not really. It's, it's an Indian based dish. It's basically think of like a tomato chicken curry. That's essentially okay. what chicken tikka masala is, Ch t uh, tomato chicken curry, uh, delicious, serve over rice. Uh, I, I'm working on this recipe, and I apologize, it's a very slow recipe. I'll eventually release it once I have time. But um, we have two versions of it for calorie-dense versus calorie-light. The calorie-dense version, we're using like full-fat heavy cream, and we're uh, the calorie-light version, we're using uh, – sorry, the calorie-dense, we're also using chicken thigh. Right, chicken thigh is more fatty. For the calorie-light version, we're using chicken breast, and we're using uh, zero-fat Greek yogurt. Right. There's a huge, massive difference in the calories when you do that kind of substitution. So these are things to think about. Right. Calorie light substitutions for these recipes. How can we make it delicious for your wife, but also keep the calories low? All right. Right. Um, all right. Um, anything else you want to talk about on the meal or dieting aspect? Um, I don't necessarily think so at this point. Um, I think you've answered and gave me a lot of um tips and tricks and advice so far. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. So the, the, the last two things we're going to talk about is, um, 
and then we should probably wrap this up and do some Q&A. For anyone who has questions for him, get ready to ask some questions in about like 10 minutes or so. Uh, I wanted to ask you, um, let's talk about the competitive edge for the motivation really quick. Okay. This is up to you if you want to use these tools. Again, you already know my big picture suggestion, which is I think uh, using other methods to to stay motivated would be better. But since this is tried and true, you know this, I'm going to just we're going to uh, use these tools for the competitive edge. Uh, there are some betting lose it apps to lose weight and put yourself in a uh, actual financial bet online. I forget the name of this. I have to look it up. If anyone knows in chat what that app is, is is one where like you basically, um, you like for example, you, you choose how much to throw in. It's like ten bucks. You throw in ten bucks, and then a group of random people online, like 10, 20 people or whatever, uh, are all throwing in ten bucks. And then if you hit your weight loss goal, which they they spell it out for you, it's actually a pretty reasonable goal. If you hit your goal, you get your money back. That's it. Uh, for people who don't hit their goal. You basically lose your money, get split among all the people who hit their goal. That's that's the app. And it's like a, a 30 day thing. And like you, you do weigh ins, you take pictures and stuff like that. Um, if you need that kind of competitive edge, that's a very good, simple way to put yourself in a competitive scene with other people. And it's actually extremely low risk because you're just you're throwing 10 bucks at it and you'll get your money back most likely. So um, that app, I just don't remember. If anyone can look it up, please in chat, please let me know. I'm going to read chat just for a second. That's um, fine. That might be that might be a good a good solution for the competitiveness. I mean, you know, the bet that I, that I made for last year's TwitchCon, you know, unfortunately, it didn't it didn't go through all the way, uh, and I was winning, and I think that's why <laughs> uh, why some people backed out. I don't know, but uh, um, basically, whoever lost the competition, um, whoever lost the least amount of weight at that time, um, basically had to get their their chest um, waxed. But that's not that's not necessarily. Um, obviously something that you know is sustainable with a lot of people wanting to agree to that but yeah. unfortunately it didn't go through because that would have been it would have been kind of funny uh um, diet bet lot, that was the name diet bet i did that one before diet i bet. hated it I, I personally hated it because i i, I should have looked into this but the timing of the weigh-in i was on vacation it's so like i had to find a scale i i had to find a scale take a picture of it it was very frustrating i know i had my goal but anyway i did it with the community and it, but the diet bet might work for you there's a lot of other ones out there so just look at it i think that might be a good competitive uh competitive motivator for you the second thing is um for strength stuff um again if you're motivated by comp competition this is a double-edged sword because you might beat yourself up if you don't succeed exclamation mark symmetric Symmetric Strength. Symmetricstrength.com has a, um, a, it's a website where basically they uh, show you, they show you some uh, examples of, you know, like beginner strength markers versus intermediate versus advanced, stuff like that. So uh, an example would be if bench press squat, if you're a beginner with, you know, one year of strength training for this weight, this is what you should be aiming for, for your, um, for your strength goal. At one year, you should be around here. At two years, you should be around here and so forth. It's a double-edged sword because you're dealing with injuries. You may not be able to do some of these movements. It may, it may defeat you. Which is why I, right. I put a caveat. I don't know if this is a good idea, but this is a simple at home check to standards to see if like, are, am I progressing? Am I doing a good job? Cause it's difficult to lift in a gym by yourself and compare by anything. So this is one thing that I would consider looking at. Okay. Symmetric. For strength. sure. I have that bookmarked. 
Now that takes me to the next part, which is the workouts. Um, workouts for a home gym. I've heard so far what you want to do is you want to lose weight, maybe build some strength, yes. be pain free. Yes. My biggest concern for you is your nerves are ablated right now. And my biggest concern is we'll be making things worse without realizing it. What do you think about so, that? that? That was one of my questions that I had with my doc. Like, how do I, how do I exercise properly without hurting um, and that kind of stuff? And my doctor said the, the nerves that were, um, that had the ablation are very, very, very specific, small nerves um, right there at C5, six and seven on both the left and right side of my neck. Um, one of my major concerns before I did the operation was, well, what if I was in a car accident and you know, I felt fine after the car accident. What do I need to go get checked out or to, um, that's not the case. If I have, it's not like I don't feel my neck um, at all. My muscles, I could still feel it. Like right now, um, okay. my, my back, my back neck muscle is still a little bit tight right now. Um, and I still have a little bit of pain there, but he said that the, the specific nerve um, pain is just not going to be there. So yes, I mean, I still could in theory um, further, um, you know, progress the, the, the bulge, the bulge yeah. discs. Um, but it, it wouldn't be without pain. It would yeah. be with pain. So I, I would know, but I am able to do a lot more than what I've ever been able to do for the past five years, um, within just the last month and a half. So I, that's not necessarily an issue of, um, of that. Um, the nerve ablation, like I said before, it lasts about six months to two years. It just depends on how fast okay. they they regrow. And then once it, you know, once that pain comes back, I can just go back in and get another nerve ablation. Um, but hopefully, I'm trying to use this time period um, before I I get there to help drop some of the weight, to help take some of the weight off of, um, you know, yeah, to build the muscles back up to help strengthen those, you know, the the core of the muscles of my neck and stuff like that to help make it so it's not as painful if you know when they do come back yeah so um I, again i cannot emphasize dr Stuart mcgill's book back mechanic enough because one of the myths that he kind of breaks down is about the idea of core strength that is usually not a, a strength problem it's a control or endurance or fatigue problem and the simple example that i give for that is like to stay upright with a proper posture with a proper like proper uh neutral curve in my spine it's not much strength. Strength is not involved. If someone comes and like, imagine I'm, I'm sitting down right now and someone comes and starts like leaning on my shoulders and pressing down vertically, like compressing my spine. I, like most people, will be able to stay upright and be able to hold that position. That's not a strength. Like we are strong enough to withstand something like that. The strength isn't the problem for why we start slouching and going into bad posture. It's often an ergonomics thing. It's an awareness thing. It's a fatigue thing. It's an imbalance thing. There's many other things going on as opposed to just a simple core strength issue. His book breaks it down a lot. And I would suspect that it might be going on with you as well. That it's not a, it's not a strengthening problem. It's awareness, postural problem. Um, you've got to start learning what triggers it. And his book goes over step by step, start doing these simple tests to learn for yourself what like triggers it, what doesn't. That being said, another thing, because you're out of the VA and you have civilian insurance, it sounds like you could go to a chiropractor or acupuncturist. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, the, the VA, I'm still doing everything through the VA, but it's going through like the Veteran Choice Program, which allows me to see, um, you know, a physician of my choice. Um, I've done chiropractic, I've done acupuncture, um, I've done physical therapy. Um, have you done someone done multiple times? Have you done someone who did both chiro and acu together, like someone who's trained in both and they themselves would do both on you? Not, 
not both at the same time. I, I mean, I was I would go to a chiropractor and then I'd yeah. go to the acupuncture. And usually so, the VA is kind of like one one at a time. So it's like you either do chiropractic care or you do acupuncture. Right. And like right now, I'm doing chiropractic care for um my my back while I you know I did the nerve ablation for my neck and I, I, some other stuff here. So I'm gonna definitely take a look at this book that you're you're talking yeah. about and uh, you know so maybe that'll in, help in my me experience. In a lot of cases. With the uh, the chiros and accus, I've done I've done both individually chiros and accus, but for some reason in my experience, the best clinicians by far were the ones who did both. And under insurance, they would only charge one; they wouldn't charge both. So you could go to an acupuncturist, and they'll they won't do chiro on you. It's called manual therapy, where they just okay. manipulate your body. They exist, and I would I would choose them over everyone else. It, shop around. Not all clinicians are equal. Some chiros or accus might have failed you, but don't lose hope. Uh, in terms of my injuries, I mean, I can't say if you're going to get better. I really don't know. But in, in my experience, um, if you're not getting better in the first like couple of weeks, you know, three to six weeks, you don't notice a noticeable improvement. I would change clinicians if they don't spend the time with you to try to explain what you're doing wrong or try to assess what types of movements are good or bad. Uh, I would change clinicians. If you ask them questions like, please teach me, I want to get better. What should I not do? What should I do? Um, if they don't take the time to teach you, I would change clinicians. And so again, in my experience, the ones who are Cairo Accus, who, who they were a hybrid, they did both. They just understood the body the best. They helped me the most. And they were able to explain very clearly what I should and should not do. So give consider giving them a shot, but just okay. you know, throw that out there. But in terms of actual exercise activity, um, so I, I, I'm not hearing anything is particularly off limits in terms of lifting, uh, cardio, anything like that. Um, I, at this point, you know, I could probably do a majority of, of most of it at a, at a starter level beforehand. I would say that like, um, I, I mean, lifting weight in particular, even my son, who's only, you know, even when he was only 20, 30 pounds, um, I, I still lose a little bit of feeling in my arms from the, okay. from those nerves. So basically if I hold something, um, probably more than 20 pounds for any given time, it could just be a couple minutes. Um, before I, I would have this shooting pain all the way down my shoulder to my, to my thumb. And it would just, my whole hand would go numb, lose grip strength, all that stuff. Um, now I don't get that pain, but I still get the tingling numbness, um, in the same area. So I just have to be careful about lifting too much for an extended period of time and then not yeah. realizing that I lose my grip strength or um, my arms go numb and then all of a sudden I, you know, I, so, I would probably say bench pressing is probably not a good thing for me because of that aspect. Okay. Right so the reason why I think Dr. McGill's book, Back Mechanics, will be so good for you is because one of the things he focuses on is paying very careful attention if certain spine positions uh, enable you to lift pain-free. So that's what you described right there. Certain positions of lifting is causing numbness and tingling. That's a bad sign, right? That That is something that you need to be aware of and learn to not do. The numbness and tingling is a very bad sign and you should probably back off of right. it and reassess your position. So I'll, I'll give a very simple example about what I'm talking about here, which is like with sitting posture and this carries over to lifting too. So um, you can hear me back here, right? Yeah. All right, so if I'm sitting down, Low back, rounded, I'm slouched, hunched over. My discs are bulging backwards. They're gonna start pitching on my nerves. I can feel my toes and legs getting tingly over time if I stay in this position too long, like 10, 20 minutes. If, however, I maintain good spine mechanics, I have the neutral curve here, my lower back is curved inward or an anterior curvature, 
this is going to protect me against any of those nerve pinching. I won't get that feeling of uh, that tingling sensation in my legs. And that is a very key thing to pay attention to. Doing barbell lifting, this is the lesson I had to learn the hard way, which was doing something like barbell lifting, deadlifts and squats, taught me proper uh, spine mechanics to maintain that neutral spine all the way through my spine and not um, lose, um, what's the word? Uh, lose my spine posture and then start pinching nerves. And I suspect something similar is going to happen to you too, where the slightest, like your, your margin of error, margin of error is super slim where you can't deviate right. from proper neutral, uh, neutral spine. Um, I think that's going to be a very important thing for you to focus on is really learning your body about what you can and can't do. I want to leave you with something. I, I don't okay. want to spend lots of time uh, building a super detailed plan because I think your homework is to learn a lot about your body, about what you can and can't do and what causes nerve tingling and what doesn't. Uh, and to really read that book, Back Mechanic. Um, but I, I do want to give you some practical stuff. So let's like, what do you want to talk about? We could talk about um, like a, what kind of gym equipment to talk about, like, you know, to think about home gym shopping. We could talk about just programs in general, what exists out there. What do you want to talk about? Um, you know, like maybe we should probably get into, maybe I'll have to do a follow-up with you another time or chat privately with the, um, with the home gym setup because I'm, I'm just not at that at that point yet to um to get anything on that until I get further progress with the duplex done. Yeah. Um and once I get close to that period, maybe I'll I'll reach out to you privately okay. and, and see what would what, what would the best be. But my my uh ima or I guess my imagination or my I'm not sure the, the word for it right now, um would be the you know, having like a, a nice treadmill um mm -hmm. or um elliptical or something along that line along with some kind of um weight machine that would be best for um you know not like i said not like going too crazy but being able to do exercises to help um every, everything the whole you know mm -hmm. arms legs everything yeah uh, like maybe have one or two different machines that i could do a little bit of everything we, we could talk about that later um i'm not a huge fan of machines because one, I don't think they're that effective for building muscle and, and you know burning fat when it comes to uh, by comparison to free weights. However, sometimes machines are better for people with some disabilities and injuries. This is a tricky one because machines could teach you bad form, whereas barbell free weights could teach you really good form, or it could be double edged sword where it goes the opposite direction. I don't know. Uh, this is this is a tricky one, but. Um, what I would suggest considering is exclamation mark gym. Go to uh, tomnationtime.com slash gym and I'll uh, make a note of this for you. Go there and just when you get a chance, just browse, browse and look at the different types of setups and equipment that exists for the price. You may be surprised at how cheap uh, some of these things are and how space efficient they are. And, and just to, to just look, you don't have to commit to any expensive equipment. There are some cheap types of equipment out there that you could get like adjustable dumbbells. I don't know if you have any, but adjustable dumbbells, 20 bucks, pretty cheap. You can start experimenting with some very simple stuff to see how your posture or very light loads impacts your nerves, nerves, right? This is the thing I think it's gonna be the most beneficial to you is long-term reading that book and slowly experimenting to figure out what you can and can't do. Right. I, I, def I definitely think now that after talking to you, um, definitely hit that. I'm definitely going to read this book and, uh, and look into it and then we'll, um, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, maybe. And so the, the last thing I'll leave you with is is just um, resistance training in general. I would say find a program that does some pushing, some pulling, some legs. Like you should be doing a little bit of that just to stay balanced throughout everything. Uh, I really liked deadlifts personally because uh, assuming your pain is back down to baseline and you're not in, and you're like in extreme excruciating pain, doing stuff like deadlifts has taught me how to have a neutral spine and maintain that. It's just really helped my posture. Um, so we could talk about that another time. And I really encourage you to do the ergo review with me, exclamation mark ergo. You can do this afterward and uh, just submit a bunch of pictures and video for me. And we can do that on stream. You don't have to be here, uh, but I can just kind of walk through your setup and talk about things that would change. Um, any any questions or comments for me? And chat, if you have questions for him, go ahead and start queuing them up. Exclamation mark Q. Type out your question and uh, my bot will grab it. We're exclusively talking about questions we talked about today or something directed towards Hexor. So go ahead. Any co comments or questions, Hexor? Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I necessarily have uh, any more questions <clears throat> at this time. I, I think the the Orgo review will definitely help me out in a lot, you know, um, especially since I'm gonna be upgrading a lot of my equipment when we move to the duplex anyway. Um, you know, I, I, I think the first comment that I'm gonna have is, you know, thank you so much for doing this interview with me and helping me, um, you know, learn some stuff here. And thanks to your community for, you know, um, for being here with you and, and doing this kind of stuff and supporting you for doing this because this is, uh, you know, this has helped me a lot more than um, people may realize. I think just with the meal prep alone, um, I'll be able to, you know, hopefully, hopefully get into that and, and start back onto um, a better path for my health um, moving yeah. forward. Awesome, man. My, my pleasure. When I, when I was taking in submissions, I read yours. I was like, fuck, man, I really want to get him on there because like that that nerve entrapment, man, that is such a paralyzing thing that very few people understand. Like what a dark, dark place we can get at. And I really want to try to help you. Um, yeah. So, it, yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's out there in that amount of pain, it's just it, it's. It's ridiculous. I mean, I went, I, I spent five years going through VA doctors, um, getting nowhere. People, you know, I, I had mm. um, a spinal uh, person out here in the uh, VA hospital in Seattle telling me that it was in my head, that all my pain was oh, mental. Fuck. And it was like, it was, it was PTSD related and all this stuff. And that put me like, that put me in such a dark place that like, I just, I, I shut down and I just like started screaming at this guy and I actually had to walk out of the room because he just like, it, it was just like, for somebody to say that, and it's just like, not, you know, I'm in so much pain, and I'm like trying to get help everywhere I could. Yeah. And it was just like, to be put in that position was just absolutely terrible. Um, that, like, that is the, the, like, the, what are the, uh, the poster boy example of why our pain management system in Western healthcare, the, the, the style of how we deal with pain is so fucking flawed. Dr. McGill has examples where he talked about the exact same situation. One of the examples that he gives is this one guy came to him with so much pain that uh, a simple bed sheet touching his foot would cause excruciating pain. He couldn't even take the weight of a bed sheet on his foot. Uh, the last pain doctor he went to said it's all in his head. And he told Dr. McGill, I'm going to kill myself if I cannot get better from you. You're the last person I'm going to go to. And he... Um, like the, one of the doctors said it's in your head the other doctor said amputate your foot and the guy was like fuck all these guys 
And he said, Dr. McGill, you're the my last hope. If you cannot solve this, I'm going to kill myself. And Dr. McGill solved it. It was a disc bulging problem, pinching a nerve, and he helped teach him how to stop pinching that nerve. It fixed his issue and he didn't kill himself. At least I hope I hope he's still alive today. But um, that's the kind yeah, of that's- shit that so many of us are dealing with the chronic pain and it just the Western med- medicine system does not address that. Just here's some drugs go and just, Oh, I didn't feel better. Well, too bad. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, if, if honestly, if it wasn't for the fact of having, you know, living in Washington state where, you know, um, cannabis is legal and having, you know, uh, a mix of THC and CBD, I, I, I don't even know. I like, I was in so much pain. I couldn't even sleep, um, suffering with sleep apnea and everything else alongside Oof. of that. Like, and it's just like, you know, very severe sleep apnea alongside of that, you know? And so it's, it, it was, it was just incredible on how grumpy I would be on, a, on an everyday basis. And like, you know, a huge shout out to my wife who stuck with me this whole entire time, even through like the darkest of the dark, um, you know, with all the pain and everything like that. Cause like, she, she really helped me get through that. And then now that I had the nerve ablation, I'm a lot better and I'm slowly, slowly progressing on what I can do. And, yeah. you know, and so like, I'm trying to take things easy and light and, and moving forward with it. But, no. um, you know, it's like, if, if there's anybody out there in that, in, in, you know, who have, who has that pain, there's somebody out there that can help you. It's just a matter of trying to find it. And I just, you know, the VA system is such, it, it was, I, I still think there's a lot to change there. Um, mm-hmm. but it, there's been seeing a lot of change in the VA system, probably in the last year alone, um, with the veterans, um, choice program, which allows you to seek um care because basically if you had an appointment like to the va system um my appointments were six months out when i first got out of the army like i would literally schedule a doctor wow. appointment with my primary care doctor and it would be six months before i could see him wow um and so then it was like i finally you know and then the doctor the first doctor i had in the va was so terrible for me that like he put me in a very uncomfortable position um when it, when it came down to getting any kind of healthcare. Um, and I, and I want to get too, too crazy into that, but, but basically like, um, then I finally got a new doctor and then I moved from North Carolina to Washington and like, right as that happened, which kind of like put me in a back burner. Cause I was like, I finally got a good doctor who was actually trying to take care of me. And actually it took me two years just to get an MRI in my neck. Um, and then like, I, I managed to get lucky right before I left that doctor, like, forced me to go down to the MRI that right after Mm -hmm. that appointment, you know, and like, basically, I I raised the fuss to the MRI department, they said the next MRI was like 90 days out and the nurse heard me and they, you know, and then it's like, you know what, come back right now, we'll get you the MRI. And so like, everything started falling into place. But then I moved to Washington. And then like, um, I had to go through the process of getting a new doctor at the VA. And that took me about six months to get another appointment at the VA in, in Seattle. And then I started, you know, going down that route but it was like literally it would be like it wouldn't they wouldn't let me schedule multiple appointments or for follow-ups it was like i'd have an appointment and then after that appointment i could schedule another one um but that you know it was you know 90 days out minimum so So, another thing just came to my mind about the cairo accus uh if you try to look for somebody uh if, if you have to go through if you go through the 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 government uh, the, the VA stuff, if that's taking too long, then consider just calling up local places and asking their, their cash price for veterans. If they're able to work with you at all on that, can you submit it afterward? Cause you'd be surprised the Cairo accuracy I'm talking about their cash price is less than a hundred bucks per visit. It's like 40 or 50 bucks sometimes, uh, maybe right. 80 or 90. So that, that might be worth it just to try it out for a couple of weeks to see if you notice a huge improvement or not. Um, <clears throat> 
Some other red flags, by the way, I would avoid from those types of uh, uh, Kairos and Accus. The best ones don't try to sign you up on a plan, like a 10-week plan or whatever. Like, I would avoid that kind of red flag. They try to sign you up, make you commit to a plan. Uh, they try to force you to do x-rays right off the bat. They're not willing to take your x-rays or MRIs from someone else. The best ones will be able to fill you and manipulate and do their own assessment and evaluation to see what your issues are. Although, because you have acute trauma in your neck, they may want to see the MRIs and stuff, but you can show it to them. Um, the best ones I've been to didn't care about that shit because they were they, they were good and they were able to just assess my problems were like yep this is your problem we need to fix this and they didn't care if i came back because they knew they were so good they have a lot of people coming anyway they never try to force it to like hey you got to come back you know three times a week blah 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 i had asked right. them how often should i come back like oh yeah yeah it's twice a week <laughs> you know so anyway all right so the good last advice, thing sir. good advice yeah, if you ever just DM me, man. If you're shopping around for clinicians and you're not so sure, like, hey, should I keep going to this person? Just just DM me and I'll, I'll talk to you about them. Uh, the last thing, I want to hook you up with something. We are sponsored by Legion, exclamation mark Legion. They are a supplements company and uh, they're letting me hook you up with something, a supplement from their site. Uh, I they, they sell a lot of different supplements. You don't really need supplements, but I think in your case, something that would help a lot uh, their Legion protein bars or their casein protein powder. Um, casein protein, we talked about it earlier, very slow digesting. You just mix it in a shake. Or their protein bars, they're, these are like 240 calories. They're extremely thick. They're high, very high in fiber, very filling off 240 calories. It's um, it's uh, basically like a hard Milky Way, a hard Milky Way bar. Um, are you interested in either of those? Um, you know, I might be, I might be interested in that. Um, I, I'm not sure necessarily which one, either one, um, I would be willing to try. Um, I'll, I'll give you some time. We can talk about it on the DMS. <laughs> Just take a look at their website. I think for their, for their protein bars, their, their s'mores and, um, their s'mores and chocolate chip cookie dough is pretty good. Chocolate peanut butter is not so great, but uh, again, they're very filling bars. Like I, 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 I would suggest with your breakfast consuming half of one of those bars, and that would be enough okay. to like fill you up. Or just get their casein protein, try it out, see if you like casein protein in general, how much it fills you up. Um, you don't have to answer now. You can spend some time thinking about it, and we can talk in the DMs. I, right. I think you know what? Maybe going with the casein protein would probably be a good. Uh, okay. A, a good way to go on that um and, and try that out that way i don't what think i've flavors? had anything like that what flavors are you interested in um, their strawberry sucks in my opinion i think their chocolate's <laughs> pretty good and their banana cream pie is pretty good if you like the artificial banana flavor like the runts candy the banana you know, i love that flavor um you know i i'm more of the the i don't like the the vanilla or french vanilla type flavors mm -hmm. um probably their, their vanilla is okay, okay. Their vanilla is okay, but if you want to go for it, I don't think it's bad. So I can put you down for vanilla. Case and plus vanilla. That sounds good. All right. Awesome. And we'll talk about the details after this. So a question for you, Aspect says, he says, not a question, actually. Uh, I want to thank you for your service and hope you get much better and better progress. No, I appreciate that. Thanks for everybody's support. Um, you know, it means a lot. It's been, uh, it's been, it's been a hard path, but, you know, I feel like I'm finally... You know, I'm I'm finally actually progressing with stuff and being able to do things. And so now that I'm at that point, being able to um, get some of the other, you know, be able to exercise and stuff like that, I think is going to be is going to be super key into you know a, a healthier lifestyle for me. Just trying yeah. to get into that point. 
Awesome. All right. Well, before we go, uh, let's talk about your stream. Feel free to shout yourself out. Uh, can we get a shout out for Hexor, guys? Uh, feel free to talk about your stream, what you what you do, all that stuff. Anything you want to promote? Um, uh, you know, I I feel awkward doing that. I don't necessarily like doing that per se. Okay. Uh, I was here more or less for the information. Um, so I want to thank you on that part. Um, if you for those who are interested in in my stream, I will say that I you know I'm in a pirate outfit. This is me, um, Hexor Marhebar. I we're pirates um you know i started off with this doing uh um sea of thieves stuff like that um right now i think the next game that i'm gonna be playing a lot i love battle royales as the new modern warfare uh, war zone that's probably gonna be my main game for a while i'm only streaming mondays and tuesdays right now until i get back uh like i said earlier in the interview um, i'm currently renovating the duplex which we're probably still 90 days out minimum before we're you know even even close to wrapping it up um, but we're going to live in one side of the duplex and then the other side is going to be a complete stream studio. We're going to have, um, you know, we're going to have a gaming center rigged up. We're going to have, um, the kitchen rigged up. We're going to have pretty much every room rigged up, um, for streaming in some, in some way or, or the other. So I'll have like a whole stream studio there set up. So nice, man. If you ever have questions about multi cameras, feel free to hit me up as, as with a, a stream like this. Uh, I have a lot of cameras and I've run into a lot of production issues, just practical issues with having a lot of cameras that we could talk about another time. Uh, or just hit me on the DMs, but it's it's not as easy as it looks. It's not straightforward to have a lot of cameras. <laughs> I've done a lot of I've done a lot of research on it, and I'm probably gonna use a lot of uh, PTZ op or PTZ cameras um okay. you know that are gonna be you know powered over Ethernet and that kind of stuff. Um nice for at least for a lot of the cameras. And I, I, I'm not 100% settled on that yet. Um, so I might hit you up and get some knowledge on there because that's always that's always good. All right, fantastic. All right, Hexer, thank you for coming by today. Hope that helped and have a good one, man. Hey, thank you so much again. Thanks to everybody in your community. And, uh, you know, hopefully catch you next time. Maybe we can do a follow-up here, um, you know, six months to a year down the road and maybe we'll actually see some progress. Yeah, let me know. Hey, take progress pictures. Even if you don't like how you look, just snap them on your on your camera, on your phone. Hide it somewhere. Never look at it again if you want. But just have the pictures just in case. Because trust yeah, me, everyone. For motivation. Yeah, exactly. Later on, if, if you make progress, it's so good to have those on hand. All right, Hexar, have a good one. If this podcast earned it, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. We're new to the podcast space and we will be reading all the feedback. Also, if you like the content, follow us on twitch.tv slash Tomination Time and keep notifications on for when we go live. Feed your brain, feed your body, and we'll see you next time.